Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, guys? It's Tommy from Tommy's Podcast. Do you have a podcast? Do you want it censored? Then go to YouTube. Go to Reddit. Go to iTunes. If you don't want it censored, go to Spotify or Rumble. But Spotify pays me more than Rumble, so I'm going to record this ad for them. You can upload it. Trust me. Whether you got a crappy podcast on a on a MacBook above your parents' garage and it's echoing and everyone can hear the despair and desperation and every syllable you try to eke out without wanting to cry... Or whether your podcast starts to actually make a couple shekels and you got a cool apartment and an air conditioner that works most of the time. Use Spotify. Use Spotify for podcasters. Yeah, you'll start off getting a couple pennies, but I'm several years into it now and I've made, I don't know, I think about a thousand bucks. It's better than nothing. It's better than working at a liquor store with people you hate, with customers you hate, and a boss that hates you. So join Spotify for podcasters and you'll actually start making money. It's worked some it's worked for me. I'm really tired. Six six eight with Mr. Steve Kirsch. For those that don't know you, I saw an interview with you with uh Obin Saeed and obviously with uh, Dr. Malone and Brett Weinstein. Um, which actually inspired me to, to get Dr. Malone on because I saw it was banned and I was like, Hey, well they're not gonna ban me. I'm too I'm too small of a channel, famous last words. And um Dr. McCullough recommended me to you, said you had to get this guy. I emailed you, told you I was banned for a 30-second clip, and you're like, that's impressive. And uh, so I guess we're both guilty of wrong think, and we'll soon be thrown in gulags. But, Mr. Kirsch, please tell my audience a little bit about yourself, if you would. Uh, sure. I'm, uh, my name is Steve Kirsch. I'm, uh, I'm an engineer at heart. I have a couple of degrees from MIT. I started seven startup companies, um, invented the optical mouse, um, InfoSeq search engine, had a couple of uh, startup companies that uh, went to a billion dollar market cap. And um, I was working on a, on a startup when the, the pandemic hit and um, basically wanted to get back to work. So I looked around for what I, what I could do to help. And the scientists that I had worked with over the years uh, said I should take a look at early treatments uh, because the government wasn't pursuing that. And I thought that was kind of strange because early treatments are the fastest, safest, cheapest way to end the pandemic. And uh, so I ended up starting a COVID-19 early treatment fund. We funded fluoxamine and other drugs. Um, and uh, that, that ended up being very successful. Uh, fluoxamine can reduce the, the chance of death by 12 times. Uh, but the NIH basically ignores it and tells doctors not to use it. Yeah. And uh, before we kind of get into the COVID stuff, I was going to say, did you really, you actually really worked on kind of like the early ARPANET or the ARPA centers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I worked with uh, people like John Postel, who created the uh, email protocol that everybody still uses under the covers. And um, Vint Cerf was there, too. And, and Vint and I have remained friends uh, since the very beginning. And uh, I think wasn't the guy that invented the Internet or the guy that invented the emails, the one that directed you on where you should go to school. So you figured that's yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Vint, Vint Cerf uh, <laughs> said, oh, you, you thought I should go to MIT. Yeah, well, that's about the best. Uh, yeah. And, and you didn't you coded the or you wrote the script for the email for the guy that invented the email is that correct well i wrote the email program got it for the people who invented the arpanet okay so i mean and i'm a, i love cold war history i love everything darpa arpa i think it's insane uh yeah i love uh, one of my favorite books and by the way this podcast just goes in all different directions one of my favorite books is a uh, raven rock by garrett graff it's all about the nuclear bunker systems kind of started under fdr up through really bush and up and well then it's kind of just classified but um obviously the arpanet was well we need the nodes to connect each other i think it was lbj that said 
referring to the proposed, uh, the duck, the Deep Underground Command Center, which was basically going to be a carbon copy of the Pentagon, 3,500 feet below the Pentagon. He was like, well, it's a tomb. And what are we ruling from there? And I think it was Curtis LeMay's uh, assistant, uh, Tom Powers, who said, without, you know, behind my desk and with my phones, I'm a lethal force, talking about strategic air command. Without these things, I am just sitting at a desk with a telephone. And the entire, you know, ARPANET, aside from kind of spearheading, giving birth to new forms of communication, was also how do we connect all these nuclear bunkers so they're not just tombs? And from one side, you can almost look at it as like, the coup of if you want to truly be an uh, immovable deep state, both literally and figuratively, being those kind of entrenched structures, it seemed to be the final puzzle piece. Okay, now we can just communicate underground. We're done. And I think you could also ironically argue that the birth of the internet has done more to break down uh, the entrenched power structures hold on the world. So kind of taking that irony... You, I want to shift that to COVID, you know, your uh, research into the early protocols, where, as you said with Dr. Malone, you know, why did you take, Mr. Kirsch, why did you take the Moderna vaccine? And you, well, you know, like, well, no one was dying, and that's what the FDA told me. And so we're seeing these kind well, of... Well, I thought nobody was dying, well, let's put it, it that we, way. We thought, we thought, yeah. So there are some parallels between, as you start to dig deeper and pull on these threads it reveals a much bigger picture. It's not just incompetence. It's not just, well, we don't know if ivermectin's toxic. It's actually, we're starting to see it's beyond regulatory capture even. It, it seems to be a coordinated effort. Well, I guess regulatory capture. It seems to be a complete coordinated effort to suppress any and all early treatment so that the only outcome is the vaccine. So with that ramble, thank you for your patience with that. Where do you view us today, January 18th, 2022? How are we going to, if it was just, hey, ivermectin works and we all clean our hands when we go, oh, we did it. It seems to be so much larger. It seems to be a, a rot in the FDA, the CDC. And not only that, it's probably not a new rot. It's just now being exposed. Could you maybe touch on how we even begin to go at that? <clears throat> You know, the first step in solving any problem is to realize that you have a problem. And nobody, nobody, nobody has realized that it's in authority to do anything about it. And, you know, of course, there are people who realize there's a problem, but they're in on it, right? They're, they are part of the problem. So what we don't have is a president of the United States who is going to realize that we have a problem here and we clean up the mess. We don't have a Congress that recognizes that there's a problem here. In fact, they don't even think there's a problem with the vaccine. And, you know, that's evidence in plain sight. They just don't want to look at it. They don't want to confront the evidence. And, you know, so uh, like I talked to a, a congressman who I've supported and he said, oh, we'll talk to my staffer. So it took about four weeks for the staffer to get back to me. I gave the staffer all the information showing that unambiguously, if you look at the evidence objectively, that there's a huge problem here that the vaccines are unsafe and are killing massive numbers of people. And the staffer told me, um, well, we disagree with you, Mr. Kirsch. And I said, well, could you at least tell me why? And she said, no, no, I'm too busy. I'll, I'll give you a call back in a couple of weeks. So a couple of weeks later, she says, well, I didn't really read anything that you sent, but it disagrees with the CDC. So therefore you're wrong. And that's the reason that you're incorrect is because the CDC doesn't agree with you. So therefore we're not interested in acting on your information because it's obviously wrong since it disagrees with the CDC. And so that's the report back to the congressman to check into this is, well, I didn't read anything he says, but it doesn't agree with what the CDC says, and therefore it's wrong, and therefore you can ignore him. He's just a nutcase. And so, and so it continues. And so when I talk about all of the experts that have verified that people who die after vaccination were likely caused by the vaccine, 
that doesn't seem to register. It's like, you know, it's like talking to a wall. It's, it's very strange. And I put together, I've got a very popular Substack, stevekirsch.substack.com. And I write articles. And I'll, I'll write maybe, sometimes it's an article a day. Um, more often, uh, lately, it's been like five or six articles a day. It's I'm like inundating uh, people with this. But still, my subscriber base keeps growing and growing every single day. And, uh, you know, some people say that I, I write the best uh, um, Substack on, uh, on the pandemic. Um, which is gratifying, um, you know, to see, but it's, you know, it's coming from people who follow me. So it's a little bit biased. Um, But I think, I think I do a pretty good job. And I, I, I've got an article that I'm, I'll be publishing today that basically summarizes up the entire case. It says, look, here's the, here's the scientific case for the spike protein being dangerous, even when it's in the vaccine, here's the case for the vaccines being dangerous. Here's, the case for the vaccine being having no effect. Here's the case for the the mandates. You know, it goes through everything. It goes through masks. It goes through everything. And you can't read that without with an open mind and not be convinced that this is an unmitigated disaster. And and yet, I know having been doing this for six months. Uh, I started um, pretty much in early May when my um, my eyes were open because my friends started because some friends had died or had been permanently injured by the vaccine, and you know then I started looking into it. I looked into the various data and and started looking into the science behind it and so forth. And uh, we looked at the FOIA request and biodistribution data from the Japanese government and all this stuff and. You know, and and so I got on a a, a, a podcast with uh, Dr. Robert Malone and uh, Dr. Brett uh, Weinstein, and we disclosed what we found in terms of the vaccine being dangerous. And you know, a lot of people um, who watched that episode, you know, they were they you know thanked us for it. And of course, not everyone saw that episode, but you know, the Malone episode with with Joe Rogan. Um, 50 million people saw that one. Uh, so I think people starting to, more people are starting to believe what I'm saying now. And when people get vaccine injured, um, surprisingly, some people can't figure it out. They can't, oh, I, I got the vaccine yesterday and my cancer is now out of control three days later or a week later. You know, this cancer that had been in remission for 10 years and they just say, oh, just a bad coincidence. But you see these bad coincidences are happening all over the place. Oh, I got a heart attack. I got a, uh, sorry, a cardiac arrest. Happened a week after the, the vaccine or three-year-old dies, you know, one day after from cardiac arrest. Well, you know, first of all, three-year-olds don't die from cardiac arrest. And secondly, it doesn't happen one day after the vaccine. You know, but people aren't connecting the dots here. It's like that New York Times reporter um, that, um, or sorry, New York Times editor, um, who died uh, right after he got the vaccine. And in his obituary in the Times, they never talked about the vaccine at all. Like it's not even relevant. The guy got killed by the vaccine in the New York Times, their own guy, their own editor. And New York Times editor got killed by the vaccine and there's not even a mention that the vaccine could have caused his death. You think it's 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 really insane. North you Korea's got to be looking at this and going, "This is some brainwashing." You know, we thought we had it good over here. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. This is you know, you could give people this list of evidence, and, and I said, you know. I, if you had asked me six months ago and said, hey, if somebody saw this evidence, how would they react to it? And, and I would say, oh, 100% of the people would turn on the government. And then I talked to a psychologist last night and I asked him, so people who believe in this stuff, if I showed them all of this and you worked with them for four hours, to try to get them to see the objective evidence 
what percentage of the people could you convince? This is a psychologist armed with evidence, okay? Um, do you know what he said? Zero. Out of, out of say, 100 people, how many could he, if he was one-on-one -on -one with 100 people to try to get them out, of, to move them from where they are to reality? 20. 20 out of 100? That's my bet. He, his, his answer was minuscule. He wasn't sure he could convince even one person. That was impressive to me because I know that I've talked to doctors who have what we call red-pilled uh, other doctors. It happens infrequently. I've heard of one story of that happening. Um, general, he, the, the psychologist actually said it's actually better if you have a group of people and you have people who are, you know, there's... There are the red pill people and the blue pill people and they're the, and the, they're the people in between. So he says it's helpful if you have the people in between because they're moving over yeah. and the, the, the people on the blue pill seeing those people go red pill um, can actually make it much easier to sell them in a group setting and to change their mind when they're in a group and they see other people moving because it then the reality shifts. Otherwise, what happens is they just go deeper into their, you know, belief system. And the more that you fight their belief system, the, the deeper they dig in their heels and be entrenched. It's almost like if, if I were to try to convince you that global warming is not real, and I actually have, and suppose I have evidence to do so, that you would say, oh, you're, you know, first of all, you're a nutcase. I don't even want to talk to you. You want to listen to it. And, um, you know, and, and, and so now when people approach me and they, they say, hey, I don't think global warming's on the level, I'll say, okay, uh, um, um, I'm open to hearing that because, you know, normally I would dismiss you as a, um, as a crank, but I, I kind of learned my lesson from this. So, so even I, uh, you know, and I'm pretty open-minded on this stuff, you know, when the, the vaccines evidence showed up on my doorstep saying, hey, these things are not uh, as safe as you thought, uh, I didn't go like, no, no, you must be wrong, you must be lying. I, I thought, okay, data point, and I got more data points, and after I got a few data points, it was, it was, it was impossible to not acknowledge those data points because they were statistically impossible to happen if the CDC was telling the truth. And the more I learned, of course, the more uh, I learned about the corruption at the CDC, the corruption at the FDA. And simple example, you know, Maddie DeGarry, um, she's 12 year old, she's injured in the Pfizer uh, 12 to, to 15 year old trial. And uh, she's now uh, on her way to being a quadriplegic, tragically. Um, I talked to Jana Whitcock at the FDA, who was, you know, head of the FDA, and she said she would investigate because it was reported as abdominal pain. It was not, not reported correctly in the trial. It was trial fraud in the most scrutinized trial of all time. How could they have allowed this fraud to happen with all eyes on the trial? Well, the answer is all eyes weren't on the trial. There was all sorts of mischief happening in the trial. And then basically, if people die... They look the other way. They say, oh, it's not related to the vaccine. And when people get injured, when people are paralyzed, oh, can't be vaccine related. It happened less than 24 hours after she got her shot. She's perfectly healthy. Less than 24 hours after she gets her shot, she can't walk. Now, that's deemed as... Yeah, not even want to investigate that. She's a quadriplegic now. Um, this is what we're dealing with here. And they don't want to acknowledge it. And the mainstream media will not acknowledge this case either. There, there's certainly a lot of psychological aspects to this. And, you know, Dr. Matthias Desmet, the mass formation psychosis guy, after hearing... Dr. McCullough talk about him and then after hearing Dr. Malone talk about him 
I reached out to him and I had McCullough Malone and Desmet on uh, last Tuesday, January 4th, and had him talk about it. And I'm looking at it from that angle. And then the other angles, I just look at, you know, we don't even need to dive into wild speculation. I just go back and look at, I mean, you know, I look at monopolies in the United States, just going back a century, two centuries. I look back at, you know, early JP Morgan, not the corporation, the actual guy, right? He, he bought up newspapers in his immediate vicinity, controlled the narrative. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant business move. So I look back at these things. I look back at the opioid epidemic. I look back at, um, thalidomide, right? The flipper babies. So nine out of 10 doctors recommend lucky strikes or, uh, the food pyramid and the grains and the sugars. You can see so many times, even in my short life, 31 years old, just 13 years ago with Pfizer paying out the what $2.3 billion fine. So I look at these things. I look at the psychological aspects of it and it doesn't take a whole lot of brain power to start connecting the strings to go, all right, well, like what, what would Occam's razor say? It would say global pandemic. You are now having governments say that you can't be sued. You're now having, Hey, forget those, those pesky 15 year three, four phase clinical trials. We're just going to steamroll it out. Everyone has to take it. Hey, if you know, we really play our cards, right. You'll have to take it if you want to participate in polite society. Okay. So there's one aspect, which another aspect. Okay. Big tech. What, you got Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, uh, whatever, Twitter. That's a very small amount of CEOs you need to talk to, right? I mean, we saw that back in 2003. James Bamford talks about it in his book, uh, Shadow Factory, the ultra-secret post-9-11 NSA. And then he talks about in that book actually going back to something called the uh, the Black Chamber. And it was during World War One, And it was going and meeting with the top guys of all, like, the big telegram companies and about hey, we need to be able to read these telegrams. And like you're talking about, the blue pills, the red pills, and then those kind of in the middle, what they did was they obviously kept them separate. And they would go to one, and they'd say, hey, just talk to the other four guys. They all say they're on board, patriotic duty. All right, I'll do it. And then you go to the second that you haven't talked to anyone else. Hey, just talk to the other four guys. Just talk to the blah, blah, blah. They're all on board. They all get together. And they're like, well, you know, it's for the patriotic duty, right? So I look at that. I look at collusion, right? So let's just say you had big pharma, only a couple corporations, big tech, only a couple corporations, historical precedent come all together. And then you don't even need to pull the patriotic duty card. You can pull the global humanity card. Well, man, now I'm starting to look at like, you couldn't convince me that this wouldn't happen. Just looking at human history, right? So we have all those things. And I think perhaps the most important aspect of it is like you said, you know, I've been told I have the best Substack. I've been told I have the best podcast. It's also by my mother who, you know, thinks I'm the most handsome boy in the world, right? So we kind of look at these things. Well, the inverse is, is, you know, 10 out of 10 doctors agree that the vaccine's safe. What about Dr. Malone? Suspended. 10 out of 10 doctors say the vaccine. What about Dr. McCullough? Suspended. 10 out of 10 say it's safe. So when you go to start to look for these things, right, just like you talked about uh, with Malone and Weinstein was um the, 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 was V-safe or V, that kind of black box of vaccine records that isn't open like theirs. And the guys, that organization that headed, you know, he said to you, mm-hmm. my organization has given out a million vaccines. And he said, how many people do you think have died? And he goes, I don't know, 100. CDC said about 100. At the time, it was 5,000. That's on VAERS, which, as we know, the Lazarus effect from, or not Lazarus effect, the Lazarus study from Harvard says probably as low as 1%. I, I don't think it's that. It's somewhere in there, way more than 100. So we have all these little puzzle pieces starting to come together. And the biggest one for me is this. And it's what you hit on. It's better when you have them in a group to see each other. I think about the architecture of the Panopticon. The circular prison with the guard tower in the center. You can see every cell. People in their own cells can't see left, right, up, down. And their frontal view is blocked by the guard tower. It's just you in there, right? Now let's imagine they're soundproof. And the guy in the guard tower says, uh, one plus one equals what? And you go, two. And the little voice comes in and it goes, uh, Mr. Kerrigan in cell six, well, this is episode 668, cell 668, uh, just want to let you know you are the only guy that thinks one plus one is two. Everyone else said it's three. And you're going, oh, jeez, all right, I guess it's three. But everyone else 
in every cell is getting uh, Mr. Kirsch in uh, cell 669. Just want you to know, but uh, if you only want that sentence too, you're going, oh, fuck. I, all right, I guess so. Now, what are we actually in? We're in a pandemic where it was legally mandated that we could not leave. So we have our panopticons. It's a camera. It's a phone. I'm only looking out through there. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, no one else on Facebook's talking about vaccine side effects. I look online and none of the none of the news companies are talking. Surely it would be front page news if 21,725 people were dead, according to VAERS. I'm not seeing it anywhere. Well, I'm going to try to talk about it real quick. Banned. Huh. Well, I guess it's for the greater good. You have so many pieces that come together that say this has to be a conspiracy that it is no longer even remotely rational to think it could be anything other than a conspiracy. I know Dr. Weinstein said emergent phenomena. I don't have that much faith in humanity anymore. I don't. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's emergent phenomena, nor do I think they're stupid. I think they're maliciously competent. Your thoughts on that entire word salad I just threw at you? Well, um, uh, there's a lot uh, <laughs> there. I think that each party has a particular reason. You know, this is kind of like a perfect storm. Okay. Uh, it's not like everybody is in on it. Like, sure. You know, Bill Gates says, hey, let's, um, it's going to be better if we depopulate um, for the entire planet. You, you'll realize this later, but I'm right. And of course, I can't tell you that, but I'll couch it in the, you know. And so there's this vaccine theory that, um, you know, this is Gates and he's using Rush this to, to, yeah. to, to kill a lot of people. <clears throat> right. And there are other people. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and, you know, like most of the people at the CDC, I've, I've been told, actually believe this stuff. They totally believe what they've been told about the vaccine is going to save us. And, you know, and I'm sure most people in mainstream media totally believe that the vaccine is going to save us. And the, um, the side effects from the vaccine are nowhere near as bad as the side effects from the disease. And if you say that you just don't understand the science because there was this BARDA paper um, in the New England Journal of Medicine that showed that in this is Israel, an Israeli study basically that showed that, oh, you're much better off with the vaccine, even though it has side effects, than COVID. And there are all sorts of issues with that paper. But the point is that People glom on to a belief system that um, and data that matches what they thought. And, you know, they have the trust in the, uh, the experts. And so they glom on to, uh, to pieces of fragments that support their belief system. And they'll use that um, as their defense mechanism to say, no, you're wrong. It, it was in this paper. And that's my defense. But the reality is that there's so much data that shows that that paper that they're relying on is wrong, but they're just not seeing it because that's the way people are. They're not these machines that logically assimilate data and turn it into, um, lo you know, logical, rational uh, opinions and um, uh, beliefs. So, um, I think people are basically doing this because they legitimately believe, you know, using their, you know, thought processes and how they're wired. Um, fundamentally, I think that, you know, these people in Congress that are saying get the vaccine, they're doing that because they think they've been 
led to believe that the vaccines are safe and effective, and they've been led to believe that people like me are evil. And for some reason that is not disclosed, all of us people like me and Robert Malone and Peter McCullough and Brett Weinstein and, and others, um, Chris Martinson, they believe that we've just gone rogue for some reason all at the same time. And that we're wrong, that we're just trying to spread mischief. Like I have a 60, I'm 65 years old. Up until six months ago, I was a good guy. Now you look at my profile on Wikipedia and they took away my national caring award. I mean, that's how low these people go. So they basically take away anything that you've done good in the past, that you've been a philanthropist, that you have a national caring award. Even they took away that uh, that I'm suffering from Waldenstrom's macroglobulinemia, which is an incurable cancer. And I, I spent millions of dollars to try to find a cure to that. All of those good deeds go away. They just get wiped off of Wikipedia. Instead, you're cast as a conspiracy theorist spreading misinformation about the safety of the vaccines. I mean, that's Wikipedia. And, you know, of course, the founder, of one of the founders of Wikipedia is, is, is aghast at what's happened to Wikipedia since he created it. He says it's like a runaway train and we can't stop it. And these people have control and it's not, you can't rely on what you read in Wikipedia anymore. And, you know, six months ago, I would have said, no, that's not true. It's, it's in the direct objective encyclopedia. But, you know, I even tried to, to, to point out, hey, guys, you're, you know, this is not objective. And what they did is they banned me. They, they said, no, you can't comment anymore. And you're blocked from even communicating to the page editors at Wikipedia. And they said, if you want to complain, you can email <laughs> this email, which then never responds. And so that's the kind of censorship you're dealing with. And that's just, you know, one example of it. But I mean, hey, I'm 65 years old and I, and I think I've had my eyes closed for the first 64. So, so this is eye-opening uh, to me, uh, what happened to me personally. And, and certainly what, hap- what has happened to other people, like an innocent 12-year-old who's now a quadriplegic that nobody will talk to. You know, that's unfathomable to me that not a single mainstream press story has been written about Maddie DeGary. It's it does sort of start to, you almost start to believe in, like maybe there is evil as like an objective thing. It, it To me, it starts to look like that. And I mean, with censorship, what you said about that, yeah, Reddit does the same thing. They'll ban you and then they'll ban you from communicating against hear no evil. And to, to touch on, and let, let me clarify, I am with you in that, no, I, I don't think this is, you know, Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab, you know, twiddling their mustaches and we're doing this because even those are on the other ends of obscurity, right? When it's, again, it's Occam's razor. It's, do you really think there's no collusion? Well, no, you'd have to be stupid to think that. Then on the other hand, do you really think they're all together and doing this? No. I mean, for some things like the Manhattan project, you can kind of, but even those had, even the Rosenbergs, right? And, uh, and, uh, who's the other Klaus, Klaus Fuchs, the other guy stuff does get out. So you have these other ends If it's not, it's not all just emergent. And at the same time, it's not a dark group of guys and, you know, black hoods and the Illuminati doing this. But you have to look at really like Steve Kirsch, Robert Malone, they all just Joe Rogan, RFK. They all just went off the deep end together at the same time. You know, Bobby Kennedy has been doing this for 20 years. I know. I know. But even then him getting kicked off Instagram like a year and a half ago. It's like they all just snapped together. And to me, it's so. No, Bobby, Bobby was smarter than, than the rest of us. He, well, he actually wasn't smarter. He 
he was talking, he was doing a lot of lecturing on uh, the environment and mercury. And he was basically approached by um, a group of mothers who had autistic children who were damaged by the mercury and vaccines. And he at first ignored them. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to drag myself into this. And they finally confront, the, the mothers finally confronted him and dumped a bunch of papers um, on his doorstep and said, I'm not leaving until you read all these papers. And so he read everything. And that's what convinced him that he that this was uh, something that he should pay attention to. And so this was not him actually being smart enough to realize what was out there and to change his belief system. This was an external force that basically forced him to confront the reality. And that's how he changed his mind. So, you know, what, what you look at is what, what are these changing events that cause people to shift from sort of, you know, where they were in the nice blue pill space to, uh, to being red pilled and how were they red pilled. So Kennedy was red pilled by some moms basically dumped a, a, you know, I don't know, it was 18 inches stack high bunch of papers on his doorstep and demanded that he read <coughs> those papers. So he's confronted, um, he's put into a situation where he has to confront reality. And, and I was sort of put into a situation where I had to confront reality where somebody said, hey, what's your advice on getting the vaccine? I said, oh, it's perfectly safe. And she said, well, three of my relatives died. How, you know, a week after getting the vaccine, if it's perfectly safe, how do you explain that? I said, really? And, and, and she said, yeah, they're dead. And, you know, that was, uh, that, that kind of shook me up. And that caused me to, to make the shift, to, to open my eyes to, oh, maybe, maybe what they're telling me isn't true. Right. And and I think that, you know, even if you don't have one of those red pill moments like that, it's it's not a bad idea to um, uh, to verify this stuff um, first. And, you know, it's it's like, um, you know, uh, if you have high cholesterol, uh, they'll tell you to take a statin. And all of the smart people that I know say, don't take the statin. All of the doctors say, oh, take the statin. It's going to, you know, reduce your cholesterol. It's going to be good for you and lower your risk of heart disease. <clears throat> but you see statins have other bad effects that they don't tell you about that they never looked at. It's kind of like, oh, the, the, the thimerosal, you know, the thimerosal, they say, oh, it disappears from your blood and in a week it's gone. You know, it gets excreted out of your body. Nah, not true. It gets excreted out of your blood, and and it and it resides in your brain. It never goes out of your body. That mercury. So you know, so what people think and what people are told and believe, um, you need to have a little bit more skeptical eye. Like, well, so if it was eliminated from the body, then you should be able to actually see it. Um, you know, in excretions. And if you haven't done that, then maybe it didn't, get, maybe it just got hidden somewhere. And so you, it, it trains you to be, have a more skeptical point of view on stuff that you're told. Um, and, you know, even stuff that's religion on doctors. So I don't trust my doctors anymore when they give me advice on, you know, oh, we should, you should take a statin, Mr. Kirsch or whatever. It's like, oh, interesting. Thank you for your input. I'll, I'll look into that. And I'll do the research on it. Um, it's like diabetes drugs. You know, they, they'll tell you to take the, you know, these newfangled um, diabetes drugs that you take, you know, once, uh, you know, a, 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 was a, 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 a whatever it is. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, you know, you need to look at the um, incidence of pancreatitis and these other side effects that they gloss over really effectively you know, at the end of the commercials. And, and, and you know, look at what, what your options are because um, you could be one of those victims of that. And, and when that happens, it can be quite uh, tragic. It could be, you know, 
really change your life. And so I've learned to be a lot more skeptical. I'm certainly not perfect by any stretch, but you know, this whole experience is told has, has shown me to be much more skeptical about what I'm being told. And I will never trust the uh, FDA, CDC, or NIH huh, ever again, uh, you know, for the rest of my life. I, you know, this is just crazy. There's almost like a, like a psychological immune system or like a, or a cognitive immunology where it's like you can't just take everything spoon-fed because you lose the ability to think for yourself. I mean, you know, I got a biology degree in college and I loved it. I loved organic chemistry. I loved memorizing everything. It was just something simple about it. There was something philosophically soothing about it. There was a black and white answer. One plus one was two. And if you got the answer wrong, you could go back and find out why. It was just, it was meditative almost. Yeah. I also did undergraduate research in aquatic toxicology. Uh, the effect, and still find the paper, the effects of salinity and nickel toxicity to the two urohaline fish species, Cryptolevius marmoratus and Fungios heteroclitus. Just, it's, it's a fancy way of saying we were dropping nickel in these little beakers of fish and watching them die. It was, genocide of fish the point is is there was no you know biology you could always go to the professor you really couldn't figure it out you could always go to the professor same with organic chemistry or whatever and even if you failed the course you could always take it again get a tutor i mean you could go back and try again and again and again until you got it figured out there's something about doing research that you know you go to the professor that you're doing it under and you're like i can't figure out why this is happening with the fish with the magnesium but it's not happening to the ones with the calcium and she say yeah me neither that's what we're trying to figure out and it was this sort of like what do we do where do we go and you couldn't no one had the answer and that always kind of opened my eyes to that was like the next level of learning was learning how to learn you could memorize everything you could how how'd you do good in this class well this is what i did but then you come onto this new uncharted territory. Where's the map? We don't have a map. We got to figure it out. Well, you start developing map making skills. You go, all right, I see land over there. Uh, the ocean looks like it goes forever that way. Let's keep going. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's, let's keep going. And you just, you know, that's how you figure. And then you can have these enormous discoveries like, oh, the earth is round. And it, and it shatters everything. But you have to be able to boldly go into areas that you know nothing about. And that's, again, kind of what this has taught me is like the CDC said this. Well, yeah, up until six months ago, I'd be like, well, CDC said it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's CDC, man. Yeah, listen to them. And now you look at it and you're like, well, what, what did someone else say? And it, it starts to peel it back more to where it's not just COVID. You start to look at everything and you go, well, what did, what did they say about Prozac? What did they say about? whatever, you know, glucosamine for your joints. And it has this irreversible effect on your brain that you go, I need to start now looking at everything. And there's some beautiful poetic symbolism or some irony in that, like the ARPANET and it turning into the internet and the free flow of information via memes, or even more uh, current viruses and driving variants Red pilling drives like a sort of intellectual variant to where now you're like, ah, uh -uh, you've already lost it. Well, what if they just bring in a new guy instead of Fauci? No, 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 no. The whole institution's lost it. It's done now. Well, shit. And like, you can't undo it. So there's this thing where it's driving variants of, of, uh, of people that want free speech, of people that want to look at things with their own mind. You have a McCullough and a Malone and all of a sudden you see, you know, alone getting banned or Farid getting banned. And you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Now, if they successfully kill all the variants, well, then you just have global dictatorship and that's the end of history. But it doesn't seem to be going that way. You seem to have people like yourself starting to look at things and go, you know, forget about ivermectin. What are they saying about statins now? Uh-uh, no, 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 no. And to me, I, I guess that's why I'm optimistic is it seems that it's driving individuals like yourself or like myself to not taking anything at face value anymore. You're going, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't agree with this. They, they edited your Wikipedia. They edited Malone's Wikipedia. I've had on here several times Dr. Ken Albeck, the first deputy director of the Soviet bioweapon program, defected here in 1992. He, uh, his daughter, his youngest daughter has autism. 
he is pretty sure he's figured out a cure for autism. Had him on six or seven times. He brings on his patients from like Ukraine and Latvia, and they all come on. They all talk about they're like, oh yeah, no, he uses these you know over the counter medications and these therapies, and they talk about you know you have a woman going like I couldn't live a month ago because my child was just nothing was working. Now they're fine. You know, for ten years you couldn't give them a hug, and now they're fine. They're fine cuddling you. It starts to break down everything, and. If they don't wipe that out, if they don't wipe out that dangerous variant of free thinking and of red pilling, they're going to lose the whole ball game. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know when that will be. But you have people who, like me or you, six months ago never once, you're like, yeah, but the FDA, what are you talking about, you idiot? The FDA said it. Nothing is holy anymore. And that might be what is needed to actually usher in a new paradigm. You might have to pull back the curtains and go, this wasn't just a one-case thing. There actually are, you know, demons in sheep clothes. And the more people look at that, it's going to bleed into all aspects of life. And I think it's going to create free-thinking people. And it's going, like you said about Steve Jobs, you showed him the optical mouse, and he goes, great, get rid of the pad. And you're like, there's a guy that could look at this new thing, instantly analyze it, find the point that was needed to be gone, and get rid of it. That mindset or that capability, probably not as smart as Jobs, but in general, that that kind of theme, I think that might be bleeding out into into the masses. And I don't know. Or I mean, what happens after that? To me, that's an event horizon. I have no idea. But I think we need to keep pushing forward in that direction. I know I've been ranting again, but other thoughts, Mr. Kirsch? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I thought once, I, when I first started this, I thought, hey, once um, I write a paper or somebody writes a paper that exposes this and collects all the evidence and puts it in front of people, people will read it and say, oh, yep, he's right. All these guys are wrong and we've been misled. <laughs> So that's that, that was my thinking at the very beginning of this this journey, and of course now I I realize that um, even trying to convince your kids that there's something wrong, even both parents telling the kids that there's something wrong, and the kids don't believe it. They look at, oh my fr- dad, my friends aren't dying. They've they've all been vaccinated, and and I was on a call uh, just yesterday with um, a girl and her mom told her, told, um, the daughter, do not get vaccinated. This thing is not as safe. And, and the daughter said, yes, mom, yes, mom. And the daughter secretly got vaccinated without her mother's knowledge. A week later, she's disabled. And, you know, she thought she was smarter than her mom. Her friends weren't getting injured. So, this, and this is a person who is was a, a a trainer in a gym. You know, so she's in phenomenal shape, and she now you know can't walk. Um, you know, she she can walk, but not very far. Uh, and you know, it's just devastated her life. And not only that, she's been to twenty five doctors. And not a single one realized that it was caused by the vaccine. 25 doctors, even after she says, hey, um, I think it's caused by the vaccine. No, no, no. It's in your head. The tests show there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. Now, she's got a pulse resting pulse rate of 60. Her pulse goes up to 180 for no reason at times. That is not anxiety. And, but again, nobody in the medical community believes her that she's vaccine injured. So, or the 25 people, the, the only one was a, a chiropractor who had just seen a, a, another vaccine injured case and said, maybe it was the vaccine. It's going to take a while for people to wake up and realize that um, what people like me have been saying is true. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it has to happen like, you know, one at a time. And, um, 
people get moved over. And people in the medical community are, are like super hard to move over because if you speak out against the vaccine or against masking or whatever, your job is, is terminated. They don't want to lose their grants um, from the NIH. So you're silenced um, and, or you're fired, you know, or, or you know, whatever they, they, they do to you. Um, if you speak out against it, because the institution doesn't want to lose the money uh, that they get. So they don't want to go against the, um, quote, establishment. Um, and also, you'll lose your license. You'll lose your license to practice medicine for the rest of your life. And so these people who are speaking out <coughs> are jeopardizing their job. So it's going to, it's going to take a while. Um for this to happen. I don't know how long it's, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm heartened that uh, Joe Rogan, who has an audience that's 50 times bigger than CNN, um, uh, you know, that the Malone episode, here is what is, you know, I think Malone could be classified as one of the world's largest um, misinformation spreaders. And yet, the guy who has the biggest podcast, he, this is the, the the number one episode of all time for Joe Rogan was his interview with Robert Malone. So people are hungry for the truth. They're not getting it from the mainstream media. They're getting it from alternate media. And this is why CNN's um, numbers are going way down because they're not telling people the truth. And people are starting to get wise. It's, 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 it's taken a while. I mean, I can speak from that on even my tiny podcast, you know, have on you know a guy that walked on the moon or you have on a b2 spirit pilot and you know it gets some views you have on dr farid and it gets 100x it's what people want you know malone yeah. is malone is the most listened episode on the most listened podcast recently surpassing what was the most episode dr mccullough the most listened episode so yeah. you have these things and i know we got a wrap this up in a minute yeah yeah i got another yeah, yeah. uh i gotta be on yeah i was gonna say but there is something beautiful and it's what you're doing right now and it's um it's that you know a million dollars if you can prove the nih right or prove the nih wrong it's we can do this we can do the whole oh no no and anyone can prove them wrong that's easy proving that they got the right sorry, answer yes, but, yeah i'm not gonna get give, give you the, the point is sorry point yeah, is though no, no problem is there's this thing where all of a sudden, it's, well, let's speak the language that everyone speaks. You can show them the data and the cognitive dissonance says, you're wrong, you're misinformation, you're a Nazi. Well, everybody speaks greenbacks. And you're going, all right, here it is. And no one's touching it. And to me, that says that says everything. Yeah. And, um, no, yeah, I'm offering a million dollars for anybody who you know, shows my, um, my analysis is uh, wrong. And so, yeah. And that's the yeah. language everyone speaks and no one's touching it. But I know I got to let you run. I know you got another one. Mr. Stan yeah. Kirsch, thank you so much, sir. I thank will you. email you when this is up. I'll thank put all the links to your Substack, Gab, blah, 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 blah all, all awesome. in the description. Awesome. Thank you so much. Keep doing what yep. you're doing. God bless and thank you for yep. your time. Thanks, Tommy. Yep. All right. Recording yep. stopped.